This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. The Minutiaman Celebrity Interview is up next. But first, take a listen to this other fine OPI show. I'm Howard Sudbury. And I'm Steve Baskerville. On the next Back to You, we're going to be very mannerly. Well, we're going to show some, some etiquette and, and, and some civility. What do we know about etiquette? There's some things that people do that really piss other people off and some of these things piss me off that you do wow you're coming into this one angry i can't wait to listen to the next back to you (laughs) back to you with howard sudbury and steve baskerville you can find back to you on spotify opishows.com or wherever you find podcasts just search for radio misfits i'm pissed off the following is a tony lasano podcast an opi show on the radio misfits podcast network this is the minutia man celebrity interview with rick and dave so this week's uh, guest dave is he's been a star for 50 years that's how long ago the partridge family debuted september of 1970 yeah, and that's true and you know danny dave and i are we're big fans at that time we're probably about the same age as you i'm 61 all right, so we're just a few years behind you. I'm 57. Um, all right. But you got all the best lines in that show. and that uh, I did indeed, and there's a reason for that. I was the most talented. Shirley Jones had a, <laughs> an Academy Award. Okay, fine. But everybody else, yeah, man, you're a bunch of lightweights. Let Bonaducci yeah. talk. Look at that kid. He's adorable. Right. Now, right, they're hacks. All of them were hacks. <laughs> exactly. Hacks. Uh, you know, a lot of child stars get into trouble. Luckily, that never happened to you. Isn't that right, Danny? Oh, my God. I started that whole ball rolling. People said, well, look, you can go to jail for seven different things and come out and get your own talk show. So uh, they did it. I did it. I'm responsible for it, and I'm not even sorry. And you got more to talk about. I, I, do, I have a lot more to talk about. Every day on the radio show, I think, well, they know everything about me now. And then, I, oh, no, they don't know this. <laughs> you want to know one of the best things they didn't know? What's that? One of my very, not the first, but one of my very first acting gigs, oh, it was a movie with Elvis. See, really? I told Rick, I, and, and he gave you a truck, didn't he? He gave me, he gave me a, a car, like a, a pedal car he gave me. But, you know, it makes me sound special. He actually, what a wonderful guy this man was. He had like a stack of these pedal cars to give to the, because there was a bunch of kids on that set. And uh, he gave me my first little pedal car. I love it. Oh, here's something you don't know, too. This is so cool. So I was outside his dressing room. I don't know, seven, eight, nine years old. And I'm standing there, and I'm looking in, and he goes, how do you like it? And I didn't know exactly what he was talking about, but he looked at my mom and said, uh, can he come in? And I, he, my mom said, of course. I get in there. All the faucets and uh, things like that are, are gold-plated women's legs. <laughs> all the faucets, all the switches, all gold-plated ladies' legs. I mean, not actual ladies' legs. That'd be cruel. But yeah, yeah they were all like uh, a little gold-plated uh, um, ladies' legs. That's the sort of thing you remember as a child. That 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 is. We well, you know. I didn't really think about it that much till I just said it on the air. And to my great surprise, well, not now. Think about it. Everybody was freaked out that I did a movie with Elvis. It just seemed odd. I've done so much, many a weirder thing than movies with Elvis, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get into a few of those. Uh, All right, man. Dave, you had one? Uh, yeah, you know, um, I learned fake bass from you back in the 70s. Uh, yeah. And I heard, uh, I guess, so I know that you had a complicated relationship with David Cassidy, but did, didn't did he teach you, or did he teach you the bass, or he convinced you to actually learn the bass tell us that story. i learned i don't remember what song it was but 
he made me some kind of weird bet. And even though when he, uh, in his uh, remaining years, started to get pretty weird, I looked at David Cassidy as just this superstar at a, you know, that never waned. When he spoke, it was the voice of God. And he said, hey, why don't you uh, learn a song on the bass and we'll play it in the show? And I thought, no, I don't want it. It's a huge hassle. And I'm not very good at that. But I learned it and I played it. I think it was I Woke Up in Love This Morning, I think was the song. And I played it. We got the other It was really cool. Now, you know, I follow your wife, Amy, on Twitter, and right. she, she posts a lot of pictures of you going into record stores and secretly autographing copies of Partridge Family oh, albums. Right. You really do that, don't you? Yeah, I do it. All, well, I don't do it. Uh, um, it was Amy's idea. I forget. Oh, she found we were just going shopping, and she found a Partridge Family record. And I went, well, that's, that's not that rare. We had millions of them. Yeah. It and put it back and I did and then I mentioned on Twitter she did and people went crazy for it and people don't speed but people went all around trying to find those albums so we've done it 20 times by now what well, that's that's awesome that uh we've heard a lot of great stories about the Partridge family you, you making out with uh Jan Brady did you make out with Jan Brady no, I didn't make out with Jan Brady. <laughs> I, I thought I heard that story once. I've, I've made out some, with some really weird people, but I never made out with Jan Brady. <laughs> Rick, it's on my no, it's on my I notes. Know, you I must have I think about it. it. Did you? Is it true that Reuben Kincaid once got you high? Is that true? No, but I made out with him. <laughs> <laughs> Who did the show prep, Rick? You're fired, so, man. You know, listen. You know, it's been a long career, man. I I could have said I made out with Jan Brady just you know because oh, I got to talk about something that makes me interesting but no i don't i don't think so on that one i'm positive about the movie with elvis okay uh, if, but by the way if you want some cool trivia i've been doing this thing on some website or app i'm not very good at that stuff called cameo and people call up one parts of family information that they don't know and here's the one nobody has known yet you ready yeah all right here we go what's the name of the dog on the partridge family Ooh. Uh, i don't know that uh, one that that would be Quiet. Simone. Simone the dog on the Partridge Valley. All right. There's we've given our people minutia. You know, we call it this minutia men celebrity interview, so there's some there's some minutia for you. Well, you're doing great. Now you and I you may probably don't remember this, but we very briefly worked at the same station, which is the loop in Chicago. I was sure. overnight guy on the FM. You were the overnight guy on the AM. And when you were the overnight guy, I, I just this is my memory of what it was like in those days. And tell me if I'm right. It, it, right. We're in the middle of the night. We're on the 37th floor of the Hancock. And somehow the all the hallways were always packed with people coming from who knows what, doing who knows what. It was complete mayhem in the yeah. middle of the night. Absolutely. So that's how you remember it, too. Oh, God, no, I didn't. I thought there was going to be a specific. Yes, it was craziness. It was, I, I didn't know how to do radio. I got a job. Larry Wirt, the big boss at the radio station, gave me a job. And uh, he, he gave me a couple of tips. And then they said at the end of this long-winded, serious conversation about the, the roots of radio, he said, but the key important thing is to remember is if you're having fun, they're having fun. And I, that's the part I remembered. And I just started to have so much fun. And you, you used to say that you didn't prep anything. You'd just show up and just do a show. Turn on the microphone and just start talking. Not one thing has changed. I've never taken a note. Uh, I mean, I read, and I think if something's real interesting, I guess I commit it to paper. But for the most part, I walk in the door, and I say, hey, it's 5.57. I'm Danny Bonaducci. What's up with you? I give out the phone number, and there's the show. 
That's amazing. That's yeah. And for my those, four hour radio show those, takes me about four hours and one second to do. <laughs> yeah. And, and you're doing extra right now. This is totally. Well, this is what, like a, I'm going to remind my wife because I always say that, and I think she thinks that is just something I say to be cool that I don't need notes or I don't need prep. Uh, I'll be, you know, I was talking to Rick, and 30 years ago or whatever that was, he said you never took notes, and that's totally true. Yep, not a note. I like it that way. All right. Two of the big stories here in Chicago uh, was, well, certainly when you boxed Donny Osmond, right? Tell us yeah. a little bit about, the, the, that was huge. I mean, that was, that was uh, everybody was talking about it. Yeah, I, here's the thing. So I'm driving to work. I think I do middays by this point because I did all the shifts at both those radio stations by the end. And Donny Osmond is on the show with uh, John Brandmeier, one of the great radio guys, if you ask me. And I hear him talking about, don't you get sick that all the, the bad child stars get all the press and you don't, blah, blah, blah. And it turns into, what about Bonaduce? And I'm thinking, he is sucking you into something stupid. Don't say it. And he goes, don't you think you could beat up Danny Bonaduce? And Donnie Osmond goes, yeah, I think I could. Well, he doesn't know me at all. I'll head over and burn his house down. I don't have to listen to that from, from Donnie Osmond. So I got to work. It was all just a huge deal by then. And I said, yeah, and I want to make this perfectly clear. I thought Donnie did a really good job. Donnie feels like he, he won that fight. And God bless you, it wasn't, it wasn't wide enough berth that I can't say that's not the case. The judges gave the, the belt to me, if you will. But I thought he did great. But here's the thing. After that fight, because I should have killed him. I, you know, I was really drunk, and uh, I walked in the ring smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. Way, you were actually yeah. smoking in the ring. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and I had these girls taking the cigarette in and out of my mouth because I was in a boxing, uh, boxing gloves. And uh, I walked in, and I said all these things, and, I, and Donnie just did really, really, really well. I was shocked. So after that, I started training like a boxer because, you know, I didn't get any money for that one, but everybody after that fight, because it turned into such a big deal, wanted to offer me 10, 15 grand to fight some guy. And they were called oh. celebrity bouts. And I had a boxing like the, the weatherman from Nebraska. They called that guy a celebrity? Okay. <laughs> and I got, I got 10 and 0. Thank you very much for asking. And you beat Jan Brady, if I remember right. I did, Wasn't but, that? <laughs> well, it's a different meaning, but I did. I beat Jan Brady. I beat uh, Greg Brady in a, in a terrible sense. That poor guy, this was on Fox, Celebrity Fights on Fox, and I'm fighting Greg Brady. And they said, okay, we, uh, why don't you go? And we go, and I'm trying to carry him. He doesn't know what he's doing. He shouldn't be in the ring with me, but he's like six feet tall, 200 pounds, so it just looked ridiculous, and the audience started booing. I said, that's it. I can't carry when they're booing. So I just dropped him. And here's the thing on that. It wasn't a sanctioned match. They didn't have to go uh, let him fall three times. Every time he had not understood where he was, they'd throw him back in the ring and i beat him again. Oh it was really oh sad for that guy. Oh, my God. And, and wasn't there also a wrestling match with, uh, with one of the other Bradys? Was there? Mm. Am I remembering that correctly? Peter Brady? Christopher no, Knight? No, I, I yeah. don't think you are remembering okay. that correctly. But I did, yeah. I did a bunch of other. I did some really interesting lesson, uh, wrestling because it started as a fight with, uh, what's that dude's name? The, the worm. Uh, Dennis Rodman. Dennis Rodman. He called up my radio show. I was saying, uh, we were talking about Carmen Electra. I said, that's the prettiest girl I would never sleep with. And somebody said, why? And I said, because she's been with the worm. And the worm called me. Dennis Rodman called me and challenged me to fight. And I said, man, I'll kick your ass in the parking lot. Shut up right now. And it turned out to like to be a thing, and it turned out to be real. It was really Dennis Rodman who really wanted to fight me. Wow! And uh, people were going, cool. "You're out of your mind." That's a six foot four professional athlete, and I said the F word, and I'm not. You know, I used to think I was very tough. Now I'm old. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was a trick to get me to do Hulk Hogan's wrestling show. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. So it's all. Or he all... was an ass, by the way. Who, Dennis Rodman? 
Yeah, it's a total no. jerk, man. Yeah. He, I thought he intentionally like, did things to hurt the other guy. We're sitting there getting beaten by chairs. Why? Because we're stupid. And uh, there's an angle you can turn the chair to to really hurt someone, and he did. So, again, I called him out again. It was, <laughs> it was pretty weird, and I didn't earn enough money for this. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, you your, your years in Chicago um, – were very memorable, and I, I'm guessing that you Not feel for me. that. It, well, <laughs> don't you kind? Of, I mean, you you first of all, you still have the uh, tattoo of uh, the loop on your butt. I sure do, and Mr. Wirt's name tattooed my old GM. And well, and the loop doesn't even exist anymore, which is a sad sad story. But oh, well, you were, man, you were am, Danny, you were on you were on the last show. I remember. Let's didn't didn't you call into. Steve Dahl, when I, he was doing the last I, show on The Loop, didn't you? I did. Hey, do you know where some of the guys from The Loop are? Sure. Where? <laughs> well, you mean like uh, like Kevin and uh, like Johnny B? Kevin's is, sick, isn't he? Yeah, Kevin is yeah. Kevin is sick. Yep. And Johnny, oh, sorry, Johnny B. Wonderful is, guy. He is, he is a great guy. Uh, Johnny B. is doing an internet show. Uh, Steve Dahl is is doing a podcast. Gary Myers doing a podcast. Uh, so basically, nobody has a job. You're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> but a couple of them have been around longer than I have, although they didn't do a movie with Elvis, so maybe that's just me. No, that's true. That's true. Yeah, you're last man standing. Who would have thought that was going to happen? Who would have thought they you know, not only be on the radio, but there's a good chance I should have been dead, and I'm not. Well, you know, you should talk to your friend Larry Work because he's working on a documentary about The Loop. I heard that, and I almost certainly be there to do it. You know, The, uh, the Loop is the one that started it all. And, you know, I've had to scale back every day because the loop was just so weird, and I was just so weird. Uh, I remember I, I was with Jonathan Brandmeier, one of my first days on the radio, and we had a, a broadcast, and we were out at some bar or some such thing, and people just come, came up and kept giving me drugs all night, and I kept taking them. He goes, <laughs> Brandmeier goes, are you going to die? And I said, not tonight. You know, can you tell Dave the story of the time you took uh, Johnny B in the, in the car Oh, Down my God, ramp. one of my favorite, favorite, favorite all-time radio stories. Man, I used to be a maniac. It was so cool. Um, I used to do this this bit. And it wasn't made that English late night talk show stole it from me. I did it. It was called karaoke. Yes. And here was the game. Mm -hmm. You'd get in my car at the top of an eight-foot spiral uh, parking ramp, and I would go as fast as I could down, to, down the spiral. And if you didn't <laughs> scream, you won. So it was really cool, and I did it. Everybody screamed. All the people. Jonathan Brandmeier calls me and says, I could do it. And I said, no, you can't. So, yeah, I can do it. I'll put you in the car, and I'll, uh, I won't scream. And I said, okay. We're, we're on the air, by the way. We're holding the mic, and uh, we get in the car, and I start to go. And I go fast, but not fast enough to make him scream. He's under the impression he's going to win because we're getting down to the last round. And we come around this corner, I'm going really fast, and there's a lady with a baby carriage, which I run <laughs> over. And Brad Meyer screamed like a little girl. And that was my wife, and it was a doll in the carriage. Oh. <laughs> uh. This is one that of, is genius. That could that be my genius. favorite radio bit that I ever heard in my entire life. It was so it was, freaking it funny. It was great. Although, we had another one on the loop called Pick It Up With Your Butt, and I put a bunch of different <laughs> things around the radio station. People try and pick it up with their butt, and the person that got the most stuff won. <laughs> uh, you that know, was when radio was radio. <laughs> Yeah, back when radio was radio. Uh, now, since you left Chicago, you've done radio in just about every market. You're in Philly and L.A., but now you've been in Seattle for quite a while. How, this is Yeah, I think this is my longest run, and I want to make something clear here because I have an ego. I uh, I didn't do like two or three years and get fired. I'd do two or three years and then go, hey, man, you got to go to this bigger market. So they kept you know firing me and get, giving me a raise all at the same time. 
Right. You stayed with the same company and they kept moving you around yeah. from place to right. place. So what what is it about Seattle that has, has made you connect with, uh, with that town? You know, it's weird. They have a thing called the uh, Seattle Freeze. And what they are is nobody's like over the top friendly. Nobody's rude, but uh, people just, you know, I'll give you an idea who I work with here in the city of Seattle. You'll be at uh, an intersection. The light will be the light will be red. You want to walk across the street. There's no coming cars coming from any direction. Everybody waits. That's Seattle. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. All Not right. like Chicago. <laughs> Not like Chicago where you just run and hope for the best. Right. With a baby carriage. There's more to come with our guest on Minutia Men Celebrity Interview right after this. We'll be right back. I'm Kimmy. I'm Tommy. And I'm Sam. And on And Friends, we tell you how to kill people legally. Where gaming meets porn, friendship is found. And I tell the jury where I hid things in my special place. All that and more on And Friends. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to my special place. Radiomisfits.com. On this week's Minutia Man with Rick and Dave. A recipe for seduction. Bob Dylan sells his songwriting catalog. We play a clip from our interview with Len Casper. A Sarah Jessica Parker and kangaroos don't mix. <laughs> and Rick's brush with Donny Osmond heartthrob. All that in <laughs> unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. We are back with more Minutia Men celebrity interview. So what, you know, looking back on your Chicago years, what is your, uh, what is your fondest memory of uh, being here in, in this town? Oh, man. Because you got to remember... It's my first real radio gig, and I'm getting promoted. I'm not firing for my behavior. Uh, I'm not getting fired for my behavior. I'm getting promoted. Uh, one day, <laughs> I, I fell asleep at the control board, control board on a ton of drugs, and after somebody noticed there was no sounds coming out of the radio, they sent they sent like an ambulance for me or something like that. And I thought, well, that's it. I'm fired. And Larry Ward came in the studio. You're the mad pass out on drugs on the radio. Okay, try not to do that anymore. And left. <laughs> my my things of radio. I I feel I really cut my teeth. And I did every single uh, shift there. And I think I cut my teeth, and I became a pretty good broadcaster. You know, terrible I, human being, but a fine broadcaster. I used to say that uh, they they drug tested us at the loop, not to see if we were. Uh, not on drugs, but if we were on drugs, <laughs> because, you know, I used to, it's funny you mentioned that. Cause I, I have had to take drug tests at almost all of my employers until the last, I don't know, 10 years ago, I was still at it. And it was like, well, how many cups do you want me to fill? I'm not this hydrated, man. But you know, all that, all that good stuff is behind me for the most part. Although I would do it again if there was money in it. <laughs> if someone offers you money. money or no money. I mean, if you pay my salary, I would come back to Chicago in an instant. Well, we would love to have you, and and uh, we really appreciate you coming on our show to talk about this because uh, we have such fond memories of your time here, and uh, you know we feel like I know that you're not a Chicagoan, but I think people in Chicago feel very much like you're one of us. They do. They adopt me. When I do, and I did this here the other day, we were talking about our hometown, and I said Chicago. And so I said, you're from Philadelphia. And I said, yeah. And they said, well, no, aren't you from Los Angeles? Yeah. But I think of Chicago as my hometown, and I would take it on a bet. I really did. I had my The best years of my life were spent in Chicago, and I, that is a fact. As far as you can remember. As far as I can remember, that's true. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show with us, Danny. I know yeah, you're getting your house great. painted and you got to run. Uh, I but- do indeed, but you're very kind to keep track of that because my, my wife's going to come out here and stare at me. You guys were great. Dave, a treat meeting you. Rick, thank you very much. It's good been a pleasure. Thanks, Danny. Really appreciate Bye. it.
Bye bye. Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. Special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with OpiShows.com. Opi is hippo backwards. O p p i h shows.com. Distributed by Ed Silla, Radio Misfits. Great talk radio isn't dead, it's just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. And we will be back again next week with another edition of the Minutia Men Celebrity Interview. This OPI podcast was recorded at an earlier date. Some material may be outdated and or mentioned under different circumstances. Consult your local health authorities for the latest on COVID-19. Proceeding with the presentation of OPI Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of OPI Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive, it's special guest Don Kreinbrink talking auctions, cool cars, and much more. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me for this very special episode with guest Don Kreinbrink on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. All right, Adam, what uh, country are you from? I am from England. What is the best soccer league in the entire world? The English Premier League. What is your day job? Director of coaching for Illinois Youth Soccer. So if you were, say, a fan of English Premier League and you wanted to hear the, the opinions of someone who is from England, who knows a lot of soccer, what podcast would you tell people they need to listen to? Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. And that's on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Free Kicks, a Tony Lasano podcast, an Opie show on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. RadioMisfits.com.